0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 153 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Now, 153 has several interesting mathematical properties. 153 is the sum of the first 17 integers, and is also the sum of the first five positive factorials. And since 153 equals one cube plus five cubed plus plus three cubed, it is a narcissistic number and is also the smallest three-digit number, which can be expressed as the sum of cubes of its digits. Only five other numbers can be expressed as the sum of the cubes of their digits. Now, we have a big show lined up for you today. And as it's Wednesday, we'll be presenting the Drill of the Week, which we call Switching Jewel. In the questions, we discuss why attacking defenders use long pimples, the height to attack long pushes, the differences in rubber thickness, and whether it's legal to hide your bat during the service. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois.
1: Uh, thanks, Jeff. Jeff, I think I might be getting a little bit sick because I almost found that interesting.
0: Yeah, well, there was not just one interesting thing, several interesting things. What a great number, 153.
1: Who would have ever thought, huh?
0: 153. <laughs> interesting and do you have anything interesting for us about this I, day in I, history
1: i do indeed on this day in history margarine was patented in paris now i want you to have a th- guess what year you think it might have been jeff margarine
0: margarine i don't think it's been around that long because but uh, i'm going to go 1963
1: you're only about 100 years off oh hate. 1869.
0: Only 100 years off. Gee, margarine's been around that long. That is interesting. It has.
1: It surprised me too.
0: Yeah, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that when margarine was first invented, it wasn't a yellow colour like butter. and Maybe it was like black or something, so people just didn't like it because of the colour of it. So they had to put some colouring in to make it look like butter so people would use it. No idea if that's true or the person just made it up when they're talking to me.
1: I have heard that as well. So maybe I was talking to the same person. But, um, yeah, now, I mean, another interesting thing, like, I mean, margarine now has sort of gone out of favour, hasn't it? And people are talking about using butter again because margarine is chemicals, etc., etc. And, you know, there was a stage where everyone just, you know, let's be healthy, let's eat margarine. But now everyone's saying, no, 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 don't eat margarine, eat butter. It's natural. There you go. I'm on the butter bandwagon because I like it anyway. It certainly tastes a lot better.
0: It does. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, alloys, we've had these microphones here for a while, but we just realized that the Google Hangout wasn't actually using them. So we've hopefully sorted it out. If people notice any difference and think the sound is actually better in this episode, just let us know. We'd love to hear, because sometimes it's hard to tell differences, but we're hoping that these microphones will make us sound clearer and smarter as well, Alois.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. Well, I'm sure we do sound a lot smarter now.
0: <laughs> uh, very good. All right, let's move on to yesterday's Ping skiller's question of the day, which was, how do you take in the ask the coach shows the blog YouTube, Facebook, or podcast? What did people say alloys
1: interesting like on the Facebook page, most people said the Facebook page, and on the blog most people said the blog so i don 't know whether that actually tells us anything um, that we did have one person say the podcast um, so yeah it's 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 a real mixture of how people are taking in the the Ask the Coach show. So, um, yeah, if you've got any other comments, because it's interesting for us as to you know wh- what what we should try to promote a little bit more and uh, where we should promote it. So, yeah, if you have if you do have um, your thoughts, if you, if you could just let us know, and it's pretty simple just just let us know. Do you watch it? Uh, do you watch it or listen to it on Facebook, um, on the blog, or on a podcast? Would be interesting for us.
0: Certainly is. And that moves us on to the PingSkills question of the day, which is, what is the best part of the PingSkills.com website? So again, jump on Facebook, let us know, or jump onto our website and let us know. We'd love to hear your opinions. All right, now it's Wednesday, Alloys, which means it is drill of the week time. And today we're talking about one called Switching Duel. Do you want to tell us about this drill?
1: Yes, Switching Duel, and we've got a little bit of a funny in there. You know, it's dual as in um, uh, two, and it's dual as in, you know, dual as in, you know, the duel with swords. Very funny, isn't it? Um, So the Switching Duel drill, uh, what you do is that you get your partner to play either one or two balls into your backhand side and then one or two balls into your forehand side. So by doing that, um, the first ball you know where it's coming to, the second ball you're not sure. But if you if they have played two balls here, then you know the next one's onto your forehand. So it gives you a nice balance of random and um, the, also, knowing where the next ball's coming to so i I really like that drill and it's a it 's a really practical drill because um it 's a situation that happens a lot in a game, you know so you play a ball or two, and then most of the time that next ball's coming to you uh, the other side and you 're switching so um get onto it switching duel
0: yeah, <laughs> love the name Alan. it's very clever. It does sound like it's really beneficial in a number of ways. Firstly, you've got to concentrate because you need to know, you know, if the ball's switching or not. Um, it helps with your switching, transitioning between backhand and forehand, which is important. And it also, uh, it's not just everywhere random, so you can get into a bit of a rhythm. So it sounds like a really good drill.
1: Yeah, I like it. And as you say, yeah, it's a nice balance between the random and the static, knowing where the ball's coming. So yeah, um, give it a try and uh, you'll find it in our Training Drills download, which is a free download that you can get um, off the website. So uh, just by going right to the bottom of the um, of web page, you'll see uh, all the free downloads, um, or you'll see a free download link there. Just click on that. Uh, go into it and you'll see all the free downloads that we've got. And the Training Drills is is a really useful one that um, all of you should um, download and just print it out for yourselves. Great idea.
0: And I'll also put a link in the show notes to that Training Drills PDF. All right. Now, Brock is on the show again. Thanks, Brock. And he wants us to talk a little bit, Alois, about forehand and backhand chop against topspin.
1: But just give uh, it yes. a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two strokes. So, um, if you're an attacking player, it's not a stroke that you would practice a lot, but it, it is a stroke that you can practice sometimes. So, um, some basics with the with the chops. Thinking about getting your bat starting up fairly high around your ear level and finishing down lower about your knee level. So. Um, just coming straight down that way with both the backhand and the forehand. So the starting position's key. A key. Get that bat up nice and high, and finishing position down at your knee. All right. So, so if you do those two things, um, you'll start to get a, a fairly consistent stroke. The other thing is to <clears throat> make sure that you don't wave your bat around too much. Just come straight down like you're chopping on the ball. So. Um, Yeah, give those two strokes a a try. If you're a defender, they're crucial. If you're not a defender, they're fun to practice. And every now and then you might win um, a point or two by doing some chopping. So it can be useful as well.
0: Now, these two shots, Alois, um, what sort of distance from the table should we be at before we think about playing this shot?
1: Yeah, probably at least a metre um, away from the table, but then I mean, you, can, you can be a long way back. So depending on how fast the other person's playing the ball to start off with, um, if they're playing really fast, then you can give yourself more space. You know, go two, three, four, five metres back away from the table. Um, but if they're just playing a, a simple top spin, you can be quite close uh, to the table. So dependent on um, your opponent's shot, but at least, you know, at least a metre away give yourself a little bit more space and time.
0: Perfect. All right. And as with all the strokes, we have videos on these. So I will, again, put a link in the show notes so you can have a look at the forehand chop and the backhand chop against top spin. Now that moves us on to a question from Daniel, which is kind of related. He says, why do modern defenders like Juicy Hook and Chen Wenjing? I've just got to get better at my pronunciation, Alice. Why do these... <laughs> Chen Weijing. Sorry?
1: Chen Weijing.
0: Chen Weijing. Why do Juicy Hook and Chen Weijing use long pimples on the backhand? Are there advantages or disadvantages with using inverted pips rubbers as opposed to the long, pippers, long pips on the backhand for the modern defender style?
1: Yeah, so the, one of the one of the main advantages of the long pips is that it absorbs the speed. So, you know, especially when you've got um, Ma Long top spinning at you or looping at you, um, if you've got that long pimple, it just tends to absorb that speed a little bit. Um, It also then reverses the spin. So um, the more spin that they're putting on the ball, the more backspin that you can generate. Um, where it's limited is that you can't generate your own spin, so it is a little bit determined by the amount of spin that your opponent's putting on the ball for you. But certainly, um, if you're a defender and to absorb some of that speed, I think, you know, that's that's um, where that long pimples is really effective.
0: Yeah, and I don't know the stats for sure, but if I had to guess, I'd say, Alois, that, you know, probably 80 to 90% of choppers would use long pimples on the back end just because the control the long pimples give you outweighs the advantages of getting different variations of spin with the inverted rubber.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the the better players will also – I'll just get my long pimple back. Um, the better players will also, you know, chop one – that way, with the backhand, and then they will switch and do the next one with inverted. Sometimes, if they want to, or if they're coming in for the short ball, they will ch- change to use the um, to use the rubber to get a little bit more bite and a little bit more spin. So, yeah. So, I mean, they're very good. They're very good at just being able to to switch sides and be able to play one and then the other.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. All right. So, thanks for the question, Daniel. Hopefully, that answers your question. Next up is a question from Chris, who says, "If I serve underspin and they receive with a, a long push, is there a height where you should switch from top spinning top spinning the ball as it is falling to top spinning at the top of the bounce?"
1: Um, but, I mean, basically, I think you can top spin any ball at the top of the bounce. You know, so at the top of the bounce, um, you've got. A little bit more margin for error over the net, so the ball's up a little bit higher. So you can um, can it, it's got a more direct line from there t- to the table. Um, yeah, with all of that, you know you can hit it at the top, you can hit it a little bit later, you can hit it you know as it's dropping. It's just a matter of um, adjusting your stroke and and what what type of shot you want to play as well. So especially if you're trying to play it really fast and give the other person less time, then you want to play that ball fairly high at the top of the bounce so you can um, hit it harder.
0: Yeah. So if you were teaching someone, would you tell them mainly to focus at hitting it at the top of the bounce or is, is it more later? What's, what's the story there?
1: Um, I tend to focus more on getting them to focus on hitting it or where they're hitting it to in relation to their body so you don't want them hitting it too far out in front or too far behind you want to get them to just wait for the ball to come next to them um, and hit it there so uh, if they can move in closer and the top of the bounce is there to hit the ball there or um, if the ball um, is lady they can move backwards a little bit to hit the ball from there so so it's a little bit more in relation to their body as well as okay
0: that's interesting yeah so so rather than the height and worrying too much about the top of the bounce or later, focus more on in relation to your body. And and what's a good rule of thumb about where to hit it in relation to your body?
1: Yep. So if I threw the ball to you, where you would catch the ball is a good spot that you would hit the ball um, for your shots, but for all your basic shots.
0: Okay. So we catch the ball with two hands. Got it. Excellent. Two hands, yep. Excellent advice. All right. Thanks for the question, Chris, and some um, pretty solid advice there. So hopefully that helps you out. Try, you know, focusing more on hitting it um, in relation to your body. And, yes, you can hit it at different heights. No problems there. All right. Amber has asked a question about the thickness of rubber, Alice. Amber says, I wanted to know what are the differences in terms of spin, speed, and blocking for rubber with say, 1.8, 1.9 and max, and which is recommended for the backhand because Amber does not do a lot of backhand top spins.
1: Yeah, so um, if you think about it, that the, the thicker of the, the sponge, so the thick of the sponge underneath the rubber, that yellow part there, the thicker that is, the more speed and the more spin you're going to be able to get in general. So um, so if it's if it's the same rubber, Okay, so the same rubber and you get it in a thicker um, or a bigger thickness, um, then you will be able to generate more speed and spin. The thinner rubber, you'll be able to get more control. So if you're thinking about the backhand and more controlling and blocking, then I'd go for something, um, you know, 1.5 to 1.8 um, thickness um, rubber. If you were d- doing a lot of top spin, then you could think about the two mill or the 2.2 millimeter uh rubber so yeah so i mean just see just see what feels right for you it's i mean equipment's such a difficult thing isn't it to to get exactly right but yeah that's that's just a general guide for you you know so if you're going to be looking for more control get a thinner rubber if you're looking for more speed and spin get a thicker rubber or thicker sponge
0: indeed yep makes a lot of sense all right now bennett has a question Bennett says, I know it's illegal to hide the ball during the service, but if I'm using two different rubbers, say, you know, an inverted and an anti-spin, could I hide the bat behind my back right before the serve? And as the toss is coming down, I reveal my rubber, giving my opponent less
1: time to read it. Yes, you can. So you, you definitely can now. So so what uh, Bennett's talking about is if I'm serving, you have to be able to see the, the ball all the time. But I could tuck my bat uh, behind my... just going to stand up here. So I could um, tuck my bat behind my back here. So I could sometimes then come and serve it with the black or the inverted. And then I could sometimes come and serve with the long pimple. So, yes, you can um, hide that racket behind you. Um, Just the ball has to be visible at all times.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. How effective do you think that's going to be? Because... As they have to see the ball, they're going to see the, the bat at the point of contact. They just haven't seen it right from the beginning, I guess, if it's hidden. So is it, is it beneficial still to do that?
1: At the higher level, no. Um, so at the higher level, uh, the, your opponents are going to be quick enough to, uh, to make that adjustment. Um, maybe, you know, as you're starting out or at the lower level if players haven't played against uh, pimples much before, then um, giving them less time to see what you're hitting the, the ball with um, might be effective. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would more concentrate on focusing on your serve and getting your serve better than, than those sort of things.
0: Yeah, okay. Interesting. Um, and, yeah, good to see you thinking about these things, Bennett. It's always interesting to analyze the game and see where you can get some small advantages. So it's definitely legal. Give it a try against some of your opponents and see if you think it actually helps you out. But as Alois said, make sure you focus on improving your serve overall because you're going to get big games there. All right. Now, Alois, before we leave, Brock's just uh, told us, he says, Hey, my rival gets better every time I meet him. He said that him and his buddy did 15,000 counter hits in a row. He thinks he beat your record, Alois.
1: Uh, Yes, he certainly did. Well done to rival. Um, Jeff, that
0: you would and I take are gonna a long forget- time, wouldn't it? Just it, think. It
1: does take a very long. Yeah, it takes a very long time. So, I reckon you know when when we do some drills and and try to do some consistency things, I think if you do a hundred balls in a minute, that's you, you're doing you're doing really well. <coughs> so, how many was that? Ten thousand, fifteen thousand. That's how many minutes is that, Jeff?
0: Uh, 150 times that yeah isn't it so 150 times 100 is a oh,
1: yeah so 150, 150 minutes that's a long time
0: yeah it certainly is for one rally Woohoo! but um yeah Alois consistency is important and we do have a consistency chart which people can download again from the free download section and the our first four weeks of our 52-week training plan for premium members is all about consistency. And it's important to try and develop that um, just as a grounding for your game, isn't it?
1: Yeah, consistency is so important. Like, um, can't stress it enough to start off with. I mean, when you see so many players uh, when they're starting, uh, just go out there and see how hard they can hit the ball and let's do some top spins and see if we can curve the ball and all that sort of stuff. It, it, yeah, I mean, if you, if you can just get your practice focused a lot more on control, being able to hit that ball on the table a lot of times, you'll find that'll st- uh, stand you in good stead later on with your, with your game. Then you'll be able to build and really um, uh, build upon that consistency uh, to improve your skills. So, yeah, um, consistency is crucial. And that's why we spend the first four weeks of the um, 52-week training plan you know, completely focused on the consistency
0: certainly all right well that wraps up episode 153 of the ask the coach show please get involved by commenting let us know if the microphones are any clearer today um let us know about hello the- hello, hello. Hello. hello 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 let us know about the Pink skills question of the day what's the best uh, thing about the pinkskills.com website and anything else you like also just leave a comment we'd love to hear from you Thanks, everybody, for watching, and thank you, Alloys.
1: Thanks, Jeff, and uh, see all of you tomorrow night.